Everybody, sorry. <laughs> I was like, what? Wait, didn't click that. Anyways, guys, what's happening? Welcome to Film Chunky Live, Tuesday edition. That's right, Tuesday Film Chunky Live because, well, a lot of things happened today. And then I've told you guys yesterday, too, that uh, tomorrow I am attempting again, this time a shorter distance of a drive, to go see The Flash at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So. Fingers crossed, guys. I think I, I feel good. I feel good about this one, and hopefully it all works out. Going to go out there. It, like I said, it's about a 20-minute drive, not too far. Going to watch The Flash, and it's actually going to be the full final cut, apparently, too. So hopefully it'll happen. I'll have my first reaction. I'll have my film review, but yes, that's why You know, I, I told you guys yesterday. I was playing it by ear when it came to... But it came to tonight, but uh, yeah, so it's gonna be uh, hopefully good, hopefully good, who's out there? All right, we got Mr. Patrick right here. I see Flash movie with uh, Dad and I'm excited. Be honest, I need a reboot. You need a reboot June 25th, interesting, okay. Ahoy, ahoy, Mr. Uh, Jason McKenzie, good to see you, buddy. We got Mama Film Junkie here as well. Hi, Mom, love you. Good to see you. We got Mr. Ferris right here. Rebel Moon is cooking fire. That's what I'm talking about. Travis from Vegas. Good to see you. Good to see you. All right. That's right. Rebel Moon, Rebel Moon, Rebel Moon. What's going on? I know. I, I, you know what? I think we didn't get just crumbs. We got actual, like, chunks. Not just crumbs. What's going on, Mr. RJ? Good to see you. Uh, where it going to be? We're going to... Where it going to be? What do you mean, where it gonna be? What are you talking about, Mr. Eric? Good to see you. All right, we got Cortez right here as well. Rebel Moon looks like it'll be fun. Also, best of luck. Yeah, thank you. Definitely need that. Definitely need that. Need some luck right there. We got Southbound 10 in line to see Flash right now. Oh, wow. He's, uh, he's chatting right from there, so... Starry begins filming next Tuesday. Okay, again, Mr. Baba Baba Scott, I you're utilizing my chat to talk about your short film, but I don't know what exact. Okay, anyways, Brandon, what's going on, buddy? What's going on? Yeah, I, uh, Brandon was in line with me when uh, what two weeks ago when we tried to attempt to see it. I don't know if you're trying to attempt to go tomorrow or you're just gonna wait till it actually comes out. So. Where's the screening? Uh, it's like 20 minutes away in Ontario. Yeah, excited to see Rebel... Uh, <laughs> Rubble? Rubble Moon? Extended cut. Um, yeah, so we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about the Flash reviews because, yes, the embargo was lifted today. And then, of course, we're going to talk about that Vanity Fair article when it comes to Rebel Moon, Zack Snyder, Debbie Snyder. A slew of images that were taken, that were set images... That are taken from, of course, uh, taken by, I should say, Clay Enos. So that's going to be great. Yo, what's going on, Jose? At least you finally beat the right. <laughs> right? Yeah, we'll be talking about that. We'll be talking about that. Strange how uh, Flash and Transformer reviews dropped at once. It is a little strange. A little strange. Um, I, but it shows confidence in the Flash because they didn't wait till next week. When you know the week of Transformers, they waited. They didn't wait till tomorrow, at least. So, yeah, we'll talk about that, of course. But, yeah, what's going on? Riv, Riv, FSMX. Yeah, whatever. Uh, the uh, the Flash movies, you, yeah, they're very positive. So that's great. Niner for Life, good to see you. All right. And then, of course, we got Fear Jason. Good to see you, buddy. Good to see you. All right. But, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about, yeah, we're going to talk about the reviews of The Flash and also Transformers Rise of the Beasts which are flowing in right now as well. Not as much, of course, but hey. And then we're going to talk about the Chris Hemsworth article, which was very interesting too. Again, I was glad. I was glad that because I was playing it by ear whether I was going to do a Tuesday show or not. And then I, I remember last time I'm like, oh, wait, the Flash reviews are coming out on Tuesday, so why wouldn't I do a stream? And uh, yeah, still, still going to try to get to uh, that screening tomorrow, so we'll see. We'll see. Um, sadly, Miss Nighthawk is not going to come with me. She too much work stuff happening right there. Good to see you, Matt. Good to see you. I see you out there. Good to see you. 
Um, but, you know, I got a buddy of mine that's going to meet me over there and we're going to watch it. So fingers crossed, guys. If I have to like bust out to be like, you know, like I said yesterday, if I have to bust out and be like, hey, do you not know who the film junkie is? That's right. Film junkie, two E's at the end. You know, if I have to do that, if I have to play the YouTuber card, I mean, I might have to. If I did that with the two weeks ago when I try to see it then, I mean, there's a possibility they were letting in all kinds of uh, influencers and YouTubers before they were letting in the general public. So we'll see. But anyways, yes. Okay, so we got lots to talk about. Uh, as, uh, you know, of course, but well, luckily the tweets aren't going to be as crazy as today, but we're going to get to these tweets right now and see what happened in the Twitter world right now. All right. Starting off with Mr. Fear Jason, you know, making me, uh, you know, putting me on Ryan, you know, Ryan Gosling is a little prettier than I am, but that's pretty sweet right there. I like it. So thank you, sir, for putting that up there. That's pretty sweet. Blade Runner. Yeah. Dave Gosling right there. Hey, Shiraz Faruqi, man. I mean, you know, Shiraz is a friend. He's been a friend for a while. He's been on the Vodka stream many times. Uh, but he saw The Flash yesterday, and he posted this on social media saying that uh, The Flash is okay. Hmm. Ezra Miller and Sasha Kaye shine brightest in the film, highlighted by a strong second act. So he said a strong second act. Some uh, plot threads and choices are befuddling and VFX leaves a lot to be desired. For the most part, the flash is entertaining, but a mixed bag. So he's saying it's a mixed bag right there. Interesting. Oh boy. Oh boy. And then, oh boy, with this too, because I even talked about this yesterday because I was talking about the DGA and how the DGA in Hollywood came to an agreement that essentially wasn't going to cause the DGA to strike but, of course, the WGA is still on strike. And then we're wondering about the, the SAG, if they were going to strike. And apparently, members approve strike authorization with 97.91% yes vote. So I guess the directors are just going to be not be able to direct things. They don't have writers. They don't have actors. It's just kind of crazy how the DGA came to an agreement, but the other two... Not so much. Yeah. This is getting interesting. Very, very interesting. So I don't know what's going to happen with this, but yes. So it looks like the, uh, yeah, the SAG is definitely going to strike with the WGA. What's going on, Mr. Powell? And then, yes, guys, before we uh, dive into the Rotten Tomatoes, I mean, this is what I always, you know, somebody actually made some images that uh, basically how fans and movie lovers, I guess you could say movie lovers, how they handle Rotten Tomatoes. If it's a movie you like, guess what? Or if it's a movie you don't like, I should say, this is what you do. Obviously, if a movie you don't like is rating high, ha, paid reviews and shills. Um, if it's like right here, it says, ha, the audience agrees that the uh, this is trash. And then, of course, you got ha, the critics agree that this is trash. I knew this was trash all along. So, yeah, basically it's like that. So if it's a movie you don't like, which is a lot, that, that happens a lot nowadays. I mean, there's always that there's always that fringe side of movie going, you know, where they hate everything and think everything is like that. I mean, this this is pretty much them right there. And then, of course, if it's a movie you do like and it gets great ratings all around. It says, I knew it was going to be good. And then, of course, if the audience doesn't like it, ha, the critics say it's great, so it's great. But if the audience says it's great, audience, yeah, just basically right there. That's what I always talk about. There's always a bias, guys, always a bias when it comes to this stuff. And everybody utilizes box office projections or Rotten Tomato scores for however they want to, you know, if they like it or not. It's just kind of interesting, so... Yeah, yeah, when, yeah, exactly. So, and then we got Rose Betts right here who tweeted this out. This is a pretty cool image right here. Been making music for Zach again. Well, that's great. Gotta love that. And she got herself a Rebel Moon jacket right there. Of course, we'll be talking about some Rebel Moon. Uh, this video was released right here with All Right Movies. Oh, man. All right. Can we get... I mean, this, it, it needs to happen. It needs to happen And what I tweeted right here, too, when it came to this uh, this video. Because 
if you have not seen Collateral, if you have not seen Collateral with Tom Cruise and Jamie Foxx, do yourself a favor, watch Collateral, Michael Mann, excellent film, and we get we get Tom Cruise villain. We get the Tom Cruise villain. That's the thing. We get the Tom Cruise villain, and this is what's and and and, and I want more of that. I want more Tom Cruise villain because he plays an excellent villain right here. And then we have like this like rehearsal. This is like rehearsing. All like rehearsal videos and everything like that. that Shown right here, which is a mess. It's pretty sweet. It's kind of sweet. You see like the all different stages of rehearsal for this. No, I told you we had other stops to make tonight. No, you said you had to go visit some friends. You all friend now, but my my job description is not to drive. Just kind of cool, you know. Kind of cool to see how see them rehearsing because, and it's it must be kind of hard to do that when you're like you have to like pretend like you're driving. Such a great movie. Such a great movie. If you haven't seen it yet, do yourself a favor. Watch it. It's been out for over 20 years, which is crazy. Just absolutely crazy. Oh, my God, guys. We're going we're, we're gonna to be invaded. It's all going to happen. It's going to happen, guys. This is the biggest story in the UFO world since the 2017 NYT Expose. I see. Yeah, that's right. There's a lot of... Uh, Acronyms. Whistleblower says the U.S. government is illegally covering up the possession of an intact craft not of this earth. That's right, guys. I know I should have like I should have a drop for the X Files theme song, but I don't have that, sadly. But yeah, a former a former intelligence official turned whistleblower has given Congress and the intelligence community inspector general extensive classified information about a deeply covert deeply covert programs that he says possess retrieved in uh, intact and partially intact craft of non-human origin that's right it's just kind of funny because this this would blow everybody's mind probably like 20 years ago but nowadays nobody really cares about this stuff I mean, there's been so many different videos of like air, you know, un- unidentified flying objects that have been shown. And basically even like the people in charge are going like, yeah, there's some weird shit out there. But nobody cares anymore. Nobody cares in this digital social media age. Nobody really cares about this anymore. I remember back back before social media and before all this stuff, before we had information like at our fingertips, Man, you you read something like this or you saw videos, you were going, oh, my God. But now nobody really cares. But, yes, we need Will Smith. Will Smith, where are you? We need you. We possibly need you. Anyways. And then, of course, we'll talk about all that. We got Leslie uh, Leslie Grace right here, of course, talking about The Flash. She got to see The Flash two nights ago and uh, to see her... Shine, obviously, talking about Sasha Kaye because they are really good friends. And to know that the world is going to see it, it's a win. Uh, Yeah. You know, Leslie Grace right there. I love how she said that right there. She goes, to see her shine and to know that the world is going to see it. Ouch. Maybe one of these days we'll be able to see the, the Batgirl movie. Who knows? But hopefully one of these days that that will happen. But I'm bursting with excitement for everyone to see her represent us, especially after everything that's happened. So she's excited. She's excited for her friend Sasha right there. What's going on, Tet? Good to see you. Of course, we'll talk about all that. We got Michael Lasker right here talking about uh, the Vulture in Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse because it was a very interesting take of the of the Vulture character right here. In uh, the opening of the movie, the Vulture was a complex, fully rigged character. Our inking team created multiple layers of lines. Many had drawn and interpolated, married with a uh, parchment paper, flip book effects, paper edges, and incredible Luke Dev. That's right. There's a lot of terms right there that I'm not even sure what the hell they mean, but it was it was awesome when you saw it because, again... I don't the, the the animation in this movie. I can't stress it enough how fucking fantastic it was, and the unique, different animation for characters. And yes, the Vulture character was insane to see. 
Insane to see. Foo Fighters fans. Oh, good old Dave Grohl. Good old Dave Grohl wrote a, a nice little personal note to Foo Fighters fans coming out to the concerts that they've been throwing and just basically thanking everybody time and time again. And I love the fact that, you know, even after everything that happened when it came to the band, you guys know it's my favorite band, everything that happened, he uh, he's very appreciative of uh, what's going on. They're continuing on, which is great. Absolutely great right there. And then look at this image right here. What's happening in this image right here? Captain America, Brave New World. What is happening in this image right here with Anthony Mackie and Harrison Ford? Who knows? There's something going on right here. I mean, this just looks like a pretty cool shot. I don't know if they just, like, decided to pretend to pose like this. Maybe. I don't know. But, yeah, we have our, like, a nice little image right here from the set of Captain America Brave New World right here. Anthony Mackie. Uh, and, of course, we'll talk more about that. This is pretty sweet right here. Bruce Wayne with the uh, Batcal artwork by Andre sick right here this is pretty sweet i like it look at that it's a cool shot right there i like it pretty sweet and yes guys oh my god finally finally oh my god are we excited here folks are we excited because jake paul is set to star in his first feature film yay oh my god I can't wait. I can't wait for the first. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. I'm so excited. You know, what just an idiot. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Did I mean to put that drop? I don't know. Or maybe this drop. Um... Oh, I don't know. You know. Oops. I mean, just. oh, I mean, sorry. I'm put. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, just yeesh. sorry about that. I'm I'm just uh, I'm just trying to go through my drops right here. Like, what the hell? You know, fuck me. Right? Anyway, so yeah, Jake Paul is set to start in his own, his first film, where uh, the film follows a small town youth rising to international fame through combat sports. So original, so original. We've never seen that before, but hey, what can he do? So Jake Paul is going to start in, start in his very own movie that has to do with uh, combat sports. Yay. Anybody else excited for it? Yeah, I'm sure you are, right? My God. My God. Uh, of course, we've got Ray Fisher right here tweeting out about Rebel Moon, which is great. We also have an official poster when it comes to Justice League War World that's available. It's going to be available on uh, July 25th, digital, uh, July 24th, DVD and Blu-ray right here. So uh, I don't know if you guys watched the trailer for this. Looks interesting. Looks interesting because you got the Trinity right here, but you also got like these alternate versions of the Trinity that are that appear in the movie. Really interesting concept. I'm looking forward to it. So, Jake Paul, the new uh, the new Batman. Oh, how dare you, Ben? Uh, how dare you? Ugh, don't do that. But uh, anyways, watch the trailer. It looks great. I'll be uh, I'll be watching it. Maybe I'll do a little review of it. So. Ah, uh, boy. He's back. Oh, no. Oh, no. Get get rid of it. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Oh, please, no. Uh, no, 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 no. Let's not have this, please. No. Brian Singer, everybody. Brian Singer is working on a self-financed documentary about himself and his struggles in which he plans to address the allegations of sexual misdeeds and cover his attempt at career resurrection. That's right, guys. Brian Singer, which we all know, and a lot of, uh, you know, there's been a lot of allegations. Allegations, victim testimonies that, and I can even, I've heard bad stories about him and probably other people that you know that I won't say but uh, anyways but yeah Brian Singer is uh, trying to resurrect his career by putting out a documentary talking about the struggles that he's had when it comes to fondling young boys that's what it is yeah if you guys aren't aware I'm sure you guys are everybody knows about Brian Singer and that yeah not so great. Not so great when it comes to uh, stuff uh, when he's not making 
movies and everything. And there's been so many, there's been stories about meltdowns and breakdowns and all kinds of stuff when it comes to even like the, the, the X-Men movies that he's done. It's like, oh my God. Ugh. But, uh, you know, he's going to self-finance it because nobody wants to finance anything that he's doing. So he's trying to self-finance it and He's trying to be like, say like, yes, these are my struggles. These are my struggles. And you know what? It, it, it does suck because, you know, a lot of us can do that whole thing where it's like, all right, even though like this guy's a piece of shit, he hasn't done great things and we can, you know, obviously it's been out there and everything. At the same time, you kind of go like, yeah, you got to separate the artist from the, uh, the person kind of thing because... A lot of people will will say that, you know, the X-Men movies that he made were some of the, you know, they were the best ones. You have movies like Usual Suspects and, you know, it's just, it sucks. It does suck when it comes to all that. It does suck. But you have to separate that. You have to like, you know, ugh, I don't know. It's like, oh my God. So, and then of course, you know, regardless how you feel about Superman Returns, he did give a pretty good effort when it came to... <laughs> Superman Returns, at least. But other than that, it's like, no, we don't need anything more from you, Brian Singer. Uh, you did things that was before we all knew exactly what was going on behind the scenes. Now, we don't really want anything more from you. But, I mean, I guess if he's going to try to give his own, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see. I don't know where it's going to end up. Is he going to just throw it online? Who knows? Brian should get a second chance Yeah, the villain from earlier. So, yeah. So Brian Singer, everybody, trying to make a comeback. Trying to make a comeback. This is pretty cool right here from Johan Mai right here. We got some art, some Joker art, Batman the Animated Series. So that's cool. And, uh, hey, here's a, here's a director that doesn't fondle young boys. Christopher Nolan. Explains why he didn't want to use CGI to recreate the nuclear explosion in Oppenheimer. He says, I find CGI rarely is able to grab you. It tends to feel safe. Even if it's impressive and beautiful, it's difficult to make you feel danger. And we were presenting the ultimate danger, of course, which, you know, the atom bomb. We needed, a, we needed it to feel threatening, nasty, and frightening to the audience. So... Remember, guys, when we go and watch Oppenheimer, that's right. And I know you guys are going to watch Oppenheimer. Along, I mean, you're going to watch Oppenheimer, and then, of course, you're, you know, naturally you're going to probably also watch Barbie movie as well. But I'm just saying that, um, you know, when it comes to Oppenheimer, we're going to see, like, an actual, I mean, we know that he, I mean, they didn't, obviously, you know, Christopher Nolan, as many memes as there was and jokes as there was that he was actually going to set off an actual atomic bomb, no, I mean, he did, like, a version of it. So it's going to be interesting to see. It's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, it's going to be interesting to see. But, yeah, thank you. Yes, thank you, Stephanie. That was a good segue right there, right? It was a good segue. It's a good segue talking about, you know, one bad director and then one very awesome director who has not diddled little boys. Anyways, and then we got a new trailer. We got a new little teaser, little trailer, TV spot, whatever, half-hour trailer for Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, which is great. Can't wait for that film. I mean, there's so much coming out. And then, of course, we've got this cool gift right here for uh, Zack Snyder's Justly. Got to love that. And then uh, Across the Spider-Verse uh, earned $13 million domestically yesterday. So... It stands at worldwide at 221 million worldwide, which is great. Gotta love that. So Jared Leto is still a nutcase. <laughs> I mean, well, I don't know what why he decided to do this, but apparently he just felt like he was gonna he wanted to climb a wall. Uh, I guess he's staying at this hotel, and he was like, you know what? I think I can climb this wall. So he decided to climb the wall. Yeah, so we have people filming Jared Leto. I mean, he's not that high up. Obviously, the first angles of it made it look like he was very high up, but he's not high up where he's going to really hurt himself. But apparently, he just felt like he wanted to climb on the walls in Berlin. And then he noticed that, you know, people were coming around and taking pictures and he went, oh, shit, maybe I shouldn't do this. But yes, you're not actually uh, Morbius, man. <laughs> it's just funny as hell. Jared Leto climbing the walls. 
right there. Just climb the walls. Phil Cho. Phil Cho. Um, basically taking the Batman Returns costume, and uh, he gave it the color scheme for Batman the Animated Series. Yesterday, he just had the gray and the blue version, but it was a light blue. I This is awesome. This dark, like, navy blue, that's what, I, that's what I always loved about the color scheme when it came to Batman the Animated Series, was the fact that the color scheme had that dark navy blue to it, you know? And that's where, you know what? And I really hope that when it comes to Batman Brave and the Bold, Give us that. Give us that, okay? It doesn't have to be doesn't have to be all black or black and gray. It could be a dark navy blue, a midnight blue if you want to go that far. You know, you could do that. Have a dark blue. And I like this color scheme right here. So do that, Andy Muschietti, if you're planning on making that. And then we got uh, this Heath Ledger art right here from Mondo News. This is pretty sweet. Got to love that. Awesome, awesome. So there's that. All right, guys. Well, that's the tweets right there quickly that's right we got the music joining in again because i forgot to turn it off anyways there we go all right sexy as hell yeah right right i'm just saying give us that dark blue give us that navy blue if they do you know for the dcu i mean hey you know if annie muschietti's doing that or even james gunn like talk you know if you want to do something different have that dark blue when it comes to the color scheme, have the gray, but have the color scheme with that. I just, that's what I want. That's what I want. Actually, yeah, exactly. Exactly, Eric. That's what I'm talking about right there. It blends with the dark, you know? You don't have to have always, I mean, I think people get, I think when it comes to Batman and, and doing it, 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 I think people get scared when it comes to blue, you know? Even though we're kind of seeing that and Nanny Muschietti kind of does that with Batfleck, is kind of make you know they do make that uh that blue color scheme right there so anyways all right let's talk about these reviews right here uh whoop 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 there we go sorry like i said i miss, i missed my stream deck where i could easily do things and not have to scroll through here The Flash Reviews, dun, dun, dun. Obviously, the review embargo lifted at noon my time, 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And everybody was kind of like, oh, my God, here we go. Let's see what happens, what it's going to be like. Because obviously, when it comes to The Flash, it's been hyped, hyped, hyped. There's been so many reactions that say it's the best DC movie ever. Some, some people have even said that it's the best superhero film ever and a lot of people are like oh my god that's interesting but you know when it comes to the actual reviews coming out when the buzz has kind of like come down a little bit when people's buzzes have come down you get the actual reviews and you know i, I some people might have thought that this might have gotten uh 100 of rotten tomatoes or in the 90s or something like that but nope that wasn't the case and i'm actually glad i'm glad that it hasn't got 100% or a 90%, hasn't even gotten 80% because we're going to go to that Devil Fruit site right now and look at where it currently sits. And it currently sits 73% on the Devil Fruit site. That's right. There's only 70 reviews right now, so I'm kind of wondering if it's going to increase or decrease. Obviously, you need like a 75% or more to be certified fresh tomato, but uh, the critics' consensus right here says, while it plays too much like a sizzle reel of DC's greatest hits to fully stand on its own two feet, The Flash has enough heart and zip to maintain a confident stride. Let's look at some of these uh, reviews right here. Uh -huh. All right, we're getting it right here. We got Kevin Marr, a morally suspicious uh, movie that mostly about reflogging the cultural canon of the entertainment conglomerate. So two out of five, not too great. It's a pitiful disservice to itself, turning a rel rel relatively fun, if rocky movie into nothing but another product designed as a carousel where you can point at things and people you recognize. Not liking the nostalgia right there, apparently, Trace. And then we got a positive review right here that says, taken on its own merits, Andy Muschietti's film has a lot to offer and frequently shows flashes, apologies, of brilliance that set set it a cut above most of the existing DC Universe uh, brethren. 
And then we got a well-trod territory at this point, even for a speedster. Speedster. And then we got El uh, Alonzo right here says, maybe nerd culture was a mistake. Whoa. So some bad reviews mixed in right here. Here's another good review uh, from AV Club. It's sometimes buried under layers and layers of storytelling knots that the film never fully un untangles. But the fun is there, and when the film is really working, that turns out to be enough. Okay, so... It's weird. Kind of uh, kind of a discourse right here. Falling victim of its own thematic mantra, The Flash refuses to let go of the past, instead allowing it to define what it has become in the present. In other words, a hodgepodge of former glories with no clear identity of its own. Well, it's not going to have a, an identity of its own because, let's face it, it's some of this is not, re, you know, continuing, I guess, I guess you could say. The Flash is a fun and adventurous film that brings a lot of nostalgia and DC goodness into the fold. And Michael Keaton as Batman is definitely the highlight of the film. So there you go, Nerd Reactor. Uh, let's see what else we got here. We got The Flash is a satisfying superhero experience complete with epic scale, heartfelt emotion, a backdoor origin story, and a few issues along the way. So a few issues, not too bad. What The Flash... Uh, Bungles is uh, in franchise reconstruction and formal execution. It gets right in fan service and uh, momentary pleasure. So a lot of people are talking about the fan service. The first feature film featuring the subatomically fast DC Comics character is a zippy and an entertaining blast. And yet, in nonetheless, manages to serve up a few heartfelt moments amid all its carefully choreographed chaos. So another positive review right there from the News Herald. And then finally, we got a bad review right here for as much as all the talk of uh, partending fate leads to dashing heroics in the extravagant The Flash, one can slow their roll, step back, and see plenty of the hot mess and cape and crapshoot Michael Keaton's Batman was talking about in character. Oh, boy. So there you go right there. There you go right there. Sorry, I got to turn that off. So that's what the critics are saying right there. Mostly positive. Like I said, mostly the hype. And a lot of people were even saying that it was kind of dangerous for people to have internet reactions basically stating that you shouldn't have said this is the best DC movie or superhero movie ever. Even though there's some people that still stand behind that and say that. Uh, I think Sam uh, or, uh, Scott Menzel, who was a big... He's a big Zack Snyder supporter. He even said something on the fact that it's one of the best, if not the best, DC film that's ever been uh, made. So, But a lot of people were saying that you shouldn't say something like that. You shouldn't put that out there and say it's the best ever because that's going to mislead people. But at the same time, it's like, again, it's all it's taken from Ray's mantra and, you know, it's subjective. It's subjective. That's the thing. Some people say it's the greatest superhero movie. And then, of course, you get that cliche thing where it says, oh, yeah, it's the best DC movie since The Dark Knight. We've seen that shit. And, uh, you know, you get tired of hearing that. Anytime there's a DC movie that comes out, they always say it's the best movie since The, the Dark Knight. It's like, do you mean it this time or what the hell? What's happening when it comes to that? I don't know. But, yeah, well, I mean, it's just it's always... It's always very interesting, but Batman is high, is the highlight of the Flash film. I know. See, a lot of people, well, how, how do you not think that Batman is not the height of the Flash film? But at the same time, I saw a lot of reviews, too, when I was reading throughout today. I saw a lot of reviews, too, that were like, yes, Michael Keaton is, in fact, a highlight. But at the same time, they were surprised about how much heart and how much uh, the backstory and just everything that's happening with Barry and, of course, the Flash, the Flash is, has also was also very strong when it comes to this movie. And that's what I keep on seeing right here. That's what I keep on reading is the fact that it's like, yeah, people are going to flock to this thing because of Michael Keaton's Batman, sure. But at the same time, they're going to get a nice heavy dose of Ezra Miller's performance and the backstory for The Flash and a lot of heartfelt stuff in there. Like I said, the only thing that I worry about when it comes to Ezra Miller is Young Barry because just the clips that I've seen, I go, ah, is he going to kind of, uh, is it going to be too much? Too much for young Barry, you know. He just—they make him. They make him too stupid. I mean, I don't know. That, that's that's the thing. It's like that's what I worry about. 
And I guess we'll see. Hopefully, again, I'm going to be seeing it tomorrow. But I, that's what I worry about when it comes to Ezra Miller. But I know that they wanted to make Young Barry distinctive from our Barry, I guess you could say. So obviously Ezra had to play the two different roles, but he had to make, but they had to make Young Barry just a little bit, you know, just, ah, I don't know, a little too dumb, I think. But, eh, you know, it's whatever. It's whatever. Hopefully it'll be okay. It'll, it'll be okay, and I'll be perfectly okay with it. But, you know, a lot of people, hey, even Grace, Grace said she loved it. John Campia. I mean, these were people that were hating on The Flash. But, you know, when it comes to YouTube personalities, they had a heavy campaign to just, they, they did not like what was happening with Ezra and all the, the situations with that. There was also some other things, too. I know Screen Rant posted, um, they posted a review that would say, like, oh, yeah, the movie can great, but it can't outrun. Woo, good job. Can't outrun the controversies, of course, when it comes to Ezra Miller. So there are going to be those critics out there that can't give it a positive review because they can't look past the Ezra controversies, which is kind of ridiculous. And just even going back to talking about Brian Singer, it's like, okay, so how do you feel about all his X-Men movies? Can you not watch them now? Now that you know about that? I mean, I, I watched like the last half of Horrible Bosses over the weekend. Can I consider that a good movie still, even though it has Kevin Spacey in it? See, it was kind of weird when I was seeing those reviews where the critics couldn't allow themselves to like the movie because of the Ezra Miller controversies. But then at the same time, I'm like, okay, so when it comes to people that you know are scumbags now that made movies or were starring in movies, can you not appreciate those movies now? Like, I think Horrible Bosses is a great movie. It's got Kevin Spacey in it. If you're going to go back and watch American Beauty, which was an Academy Award winning film, would you say that, oh, I can't, I can't enjoy this now because Kevin Spacey, because we know... What Kevin Spacey was doing, kind of similar to what Brian Singer was doing. It's like, no, you could kind of do that, separate the artist from the person kind of thing. We always, yeah, it's always just kind of like an, an interesting thing. Like me, I'm just critiquing the art. I want to critique the art. How's the performance? How is the story? How is everything flowing? Even if it's somebody that's, you know, like, yeah, like somebody like a Kevin Spacey or whatever the hell. So, I mean, it's just like one of those things. And it's just funny when you see critics actually say that in the review. It's like, ah, I can't give this one a thumbs up because of, you know, I, I don't like Ezra. That's weird. I don't know. To me, that's just a little strange. But, yeah, what can you do? How about the usual suspects? Yeah, exactly. And Kevin Spacey. You're right, Eric. I mean, and I can still say that that's a great movie, even though the director and the star are shitty people. But, you know, and that's, you know, just people nowadays, they can't seem to separate all that. Critics are useless. I mean, they are. They are. I mean, critics aren't useless. I wouldn't say that. You know, but at the same time, I would say, like, it, it's part of this whole thing. It's part of the whole thing. But the biggest thing that I've noticed, because obviously we're going to be talking about the Transformers reviews, is the fact that Transformers comes out this week, and they did the review embargo two days before the release. And when it comes to The Flash, this is a week and two days before the release. I think they're very confident, you know. And they're not, I mean, they're not useless. I, to me, I always like to get everybody's, Opinion. Opinion is fine. But yeah, I mean, when it comes to at least they can't when it comes to like their personal feelings about somebody in the movie. So they can't they can't judge the movie itself. It's always like, nope, I can't do anything because I don't like this person. That's that's where it gets a little weird. You know, that's where it gets a little weird. But but, you know, no matter what, it's got positivity surrounding it. I didn't think it was going to get like a, you know, a super positive. I did think it was going to be in the 80s the 80 percentile when it came to Rotten Tomatoes, but currently standing right now with 70 reviews and 73%. Their job is to critique the movie, not act. Exactly. That's what I was kind of thinking about right there. That's what I was thinking about. It's like, you know what? Regardless of how you feel about the people, judge the movie by the movie. That's what I'm kind of thinking, you know, but... So there you go, guys. That's uh, that's what the critics are saying right now. Generally positive. Like I said, you'll you'll see my first. Hopefully, you'll see my first reaction tomorrow, after I go see it, an early screening. 
And uh, yeah, I'll do my first reaction. I'll do my full-on review, and then I'll do a spoiler video, spoiler discussion as well. And then not this week, but the following week, we'll have a full-on vodka stream with a panel talking about the entire movie, spoilers and all. So can't wait for that. Oop, don't do that just yet. <coughs> Rebel Moon! Ah, finally. Ah. We've been waiting for more Rebel Moon goodness. Obviously, when it came to the Tadum trailer that we got, that's going to be happening on June 17th. We're hopefully, fingers crossed, we're going to get the first trailer or teaser for Rebel Moon. Zack Snyder, he's going to be at Tadum. I think Sofia Batella is going to be there too. I think one other actor from the movie as well. I don't know if it was Ray Fisher or somebody else. But, anyways, we got some Rebel Moon goodness today, guys. And that's why I was like, oh, wow, it was nice to wake up to Rebel Moon. I mean, and it's not just crumbs, it's full on. We're, we're getting full on cookies. We're getting full on freaking cookies here, guys. And that's what's great. So, Vanity Fair. Vanity Fair, thank you for, you know. Now, this is like an old interview. It's not like this was last week or a couple of days ago. This was this interview they've been holding on for a while. So, uh, here we go right here. Oh, there she is, Miss Sophia Batella. Um, and look at the background. You got the moon back there. It looks really sweet. Uh, you know, we got some wheat right here. We got some... Just a great-looking shot right here for uh, Rebel Moon and Sophia Batella. And uh, I always forget, what, are they, what, what, is that, what is that called right there? You know, I know the Grim Reaper holds on to that. I mean, of course you're supposed to, you know, swipe it up. But I always forget what that, what, that, uh, what that is, that tool, even though the Grim Reaper holds on to it, right? But, uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember what exactly it is. It's going to be cinema, guys. It's going to be cinema. All right, Zack Snyder goes galactic exclusive. First look, it's a hoe. Wow, how dare you talk about Sophia like that? Just kidding. Wow, that's um, a joke, a joke. No, um, is that what it is? It's called a scythe. Okay, there you go. Is that what it is? <laughs> Jeez. Uh, jokes, everybody. Jokes, 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 jokes. Anyways. So we got right here, Thin Axe. <laughs> okay. Zack Snyder is world building once again with Rebel Moon. This time, the 300 in Justice League filmmaker is creating not just one world, but a sprawling uh, menagerie of planets full of cyborg warriors with molten metal swords, giant half-humanoid arcanids, uh, arcanids, whatever, and ancient robots that seem to have emerged more from medieval times than the future. The new Netflix space saga that Snyder directed and co-wrote extends far beyond the verdant orb of the title. This moon is actually one of the more modest worlds. It circles an immense gas giant at a distant uh, a distant edge of the galaxy and populated mainly by farmers. It's nowhere special, but it's about to change the balance of power in the fictional universe. So, yeah, looking at that. And then we got a budget right here. Apparently, the budget was estimated at $166 million right there. So not too shabby. Not too shabby. And apparently, this might have been for both. So that's pretty cheap. Pretty cheap right there. That's good. This story, which Snyder has been mulling uh, for more than three decades, focuses on outcasts, uh, malcontents, and uh, refugees from many uh, desperate planets who join forces to rise up together against punishing uh, authori authoritarian government, as in real life, uniting so many different factions of easier proposed and accomplished, both in story and behind the scenes as multiple plot lines entwine. In every uh, way, Rebel Moon is a heavy lift. And then we got a quote right here. It's a glutton of punishment. I don't know why always, I don't know why I always make uh, an ensemble an ensemble movie. I can't wait not to do that. So Zack Snyder basically saying because if you look at a lot of his movies, he has an ensemble. There's always like a big group, or it leads to a big group, big group. And apparently, he, I mean, Horse Latitudes. He needs to do that movie next, I think. But you know, he goes, I can't wait not to do that. But in the meantime, of course, I love it. Snyder says, it feels uh, that constructing his worlds in real life makes um, the otherworldly feel more immersive. This movie was me going, of course, it's a space opera, but let's not lens it that way. Let's lens it in more in a more intimate way so that the sci-fi elements feel more grounded. 
course. And then talking about that. There's the group right there. Look at that shot. That's right. We got some Ray Fisher right here, Mr. Blood, Mr. Blood Axe right there. But, yeah, we got the entire cast of, I guess you could say, Rebels right here taking a picture. We got Charlie Hunnam. Will it be? That's a good shot. First look. He shares his thoughts, talking about that. We're not going to go over every little thing right here. And we got something from Deborah Snyder right here, too. Of course, the wife, Miss Queen right here. Originally, the script was one movie, but it was in Zack form. I love that. I love the fact that she said that, yeah, it was supposed to be one movie, but it's in Zack form. So that means it was long as shit, and they had to divide it into two movies. I love that. Says his wife and longtime producing partner, Deborah Snyder, it was 172 pages, typically a script. Uh, typically uh, a page of a script equals one minute of screen time. So Rebel Moon was shaping up to be approximately three hours long, which worried Netflix film chairman Scott Stuber. Stuber was like, uh, on, on the service, under two-hour movies, really do better for some reason, even though you'll binge watch a series of eight episodes. Said Debbie, Zach said, if you ask me to make this less than two hours, I'm going to lose all the character. You won't care about these people. Man, remember when they uh, instructed Zach to make a Justice League movie under two hours? Yeah. And he laughed at that. It's a character story about how people can change and redemption and what are you willing to fight for? What if I give you two movies? And then we got a close-up of Miss Sylvia Batella right there, which looks pretty damn awesome. And, uh, of course, you know, they talk about her. And there's, uh, there's uh, the power couple right there, Zach and uh, Debbie. And Zach holding on to his camera, which is great. Batella sees the character as a symbol for the way people ignore or run from problems in their lives until they can't anymore. She knows the guilt that she's been living with, and the first step of her redemption is doing something about it, uh, about it, you know, going away. So that's pretty sweet. There's Charlie Hunnam right there. Charlie Hunnam, will it be? Looking pretty badass. Got to like that. And we got what's his name right here. I always forget his name. Um, yeah, that's right. Jaiman Hansu right there with Sophia Batella. He's looking freaking jacked, of course. You know, Zack Snyder movie. Got to look jack, jacked. And then we got, uh, who's this right here? This is uh, Staz Nar right here, you know, showing that uh, showing those abdominals. So that's pretty sweet. And then we got uh, Duna Bay right here, showing her character. I like it. Again, I know some people were complaining about how it looks. This is all set photos right here. All set photos. We don't even know what the color palette exactly is going to look like yet. We don't know that. We don't know that. And we got Michael Huseman right here as uh, as Gunner. And that's what his character is looking like. And then look at Mr. Badass Blood Axe. Ray Fisher. Mr. Blood Axe. We're going to get some badass fight choreography. Some like, you know, some Batman warehouse BBS type style. Hopefully action right there. So Ray looking pretty sweet. I like that. Ray looking sweet. And then we got F. Duffy as a refugee turned Renaissance fighter, uh, Millis, Millis. And then, of course, we got Staz right there, right behind her. She's looking very much like, um, uh, what's her name from, uh, from Mad Max Fury Road. So that's pretty sweet. And then we got Ed. We got Ed Screen. Ed Screen. Looking like a Nazi right here. And, and we've seen some of these characters. We've seen some of this stuff when it comes to the Rebel Moon concept art. So we've seen some of this already. But yeah, this is looking pretty cool right here. So he's leading the charge with some of these these priests that I think we've even heard about too. They're like priest-like characters. Going to be interesting. There's a close-up right there. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that design in that mask right there. And you got the thorns right here over the shoulder pads of skulls. God, that's pretty sweet. You gotta love that. So we got thorn, we got thorn crowns right over the skulls that are shoulder pads. Dark, absolutely dark, absolutely dark. And then here's a cool shot of Zach right here, of course, operating the camera because he's the cinematographer for Rebel Moon and uh, down in the trenches. So that's a cool shot right there. Um, 
that's pretty much, I think that's it when it comes to the images right there. But of course, there's a lot of images and it's pretty sweet. A lot of image jizz for Rebel Moon. And apparently too, guys, when it comes to, I mean, I've already, it's already been revealed that yes, Rebel Moon is going to in fact get a theatrical release, but it's going to be a PG-13 release. So basically part one, Rebel Moon part one and part two is going to get a PG-13 cut and then is going to get an R-rated cut. So yes, guys, we are getting Zack Snyder's director's cuts, ultimate cuts, whatever you want to call it, Snyder cuts of Rebel Moon part one and part two. So we're going to get both. We're going to get both, which they express right there, which makes sense. We're going to release it out in theaters, make it PG-13. So then Everybody can go see it and then, of course, have the more personal, more darker, more, you know, some F-bombs, more graphic Rebel Moon Snyder cuts, which I'm all about. I'm all about that. Please, I'll go see both. I'm going to go see Rebel Moon in theaters, both parts, and then I'm going to go ahead, you know, and then, of course, after that, I'll just watch the uh, the ultimate cuts, the Snyder cuts of Rebel Moon that are going to be absolutely fantastic. So cannot wait. And hopefully, June 17th, Tadam, we're going to get that first teaser trailer. I think that'll happen. Transformers Rise of the Beast. Anybody excited for this? I, I mean, I've fallen off. I've fallen off. I was one of those people that did not... People were just loving Bumblebee. I loved it for one reason. Haley Seinfeld. Um, but that was about it. There wasn't really... I. Didn't really care. I, I I only watched it once. I saw it in theaters and I was like, it's okay. It's fine. It's not a terrible movie. But I did miss the, the Michael Bay-isms because, you know, it's, it's Michael Bay. I like Michael Bay. But I'm just, I just, when it came to this movie, I was like, okay, I'll watch it. But I'm not really hyped for it. I'm, I'm really not that hyped for it when it comes to this movie. But that's just me. I know there's people that are. And the, the reviews are rolling in right now, and we're gonna check and see where it's um, where it's at right now. Transformers. Uh, let's see. There we go. Rise of the Beast. So, well, I mean, it's only sitting at 48 reviews. Only sitting at 48 reviews right now. But here's where it sits. Womp womp. All right, 56 percent. Which, you know, it's whatever. It's still got some time to get over that, uh, you know, and become a fresh tomato. But basically, the uh, critics' consensus is saying that thanks to some genuine human drama between the set pieces and palpable affection for the title characters, Transformers Rise of the Beast is one of the franchise's more enjoyable outings. Enjoyable outings. All right, let's read some of these reviews right here. We got Katie Walsh, Tribune News Service. Unable to rise above the internal conflict, it's a film with that's both dull and disposable, though it sets up the opportunity for more interconnected franchise filmmaking. This is a beast that needs to be put down. Ouch. Mark Kennedy. Look, maybe we should... Be anxious. Chat GPT clearly could have written a better movie. <laughs> Don't say that, Mark. Good Lord. On a positive side, it's just over two hours. Uh, at just over two hours, it's one of the shortest in the Transformers franchise. And so unfolds like a brutal, uh, br brutalizing yet mercifully limited attack on the hospitable... <laughs> uh, God, Lord, some some really bad. Kevin Marr, we actually read one of his for The Flash. Uh, we got right here, no Michael Bay, no Mark Wahlberg, no, opp no oppressive bombast. All right, that's a weird one. Uh, rekindles something akin to Sam Raimi's first two Spider-Man films, remembering that at the heart of many... Uh, of many an emotionally worthwhile mainstream flick, regardless of its scope or hefty VFX budget, are underdogs who defy their impossible circumstances. That is quite a review right there. We got Christian right here. He said it's as if some executive saw Mattel and Greta uh, Gerwig turning Barbie into genuine art, so they made a George Costanza-style <laughs> decision to veer in the opposite direction purely out of spite. Ouch! A D rating right there. Here's another. Here's a good one right here. It occasionally manages to retain the charms of the child's game, so that's good. Rise of the Beast has an has its enjoyable moments, which 
come almost exclusively when Mirage and uh, Noah are interacting and can be mainly attrib uh, attributed to the solid line deliveries of former Saturday Night Live cast member Davidson. Ah, is he in that movie? He's not in this movie. This is the Transformers movie we deserve uh, eons ago. So, yeah, that's pretty much it, guys. So mainly negative. I don't know. I mean, I'm not expecting too much when it comes to a Transformers movie. I'm going to see it Thursday. I'm going to see it Thursday. And we'll see. Like I said, when it came to Bumblebee, I wasn't too... I wasn't... So many people were just praising it. And I'm like, I just thought it was all right. It was like an E.T. movie with a Transformer, which, you know, it's not bad, but... I don't know. And I know Haley Steinfeld said maybe she'll return. I don't know. But this is present day. That was back in, I don't know. I don't know. It's going to see, it's going to be interesting to see how it connects to that Bumblebee movie. I do, I will say, and we've talked about it even on the Vodka stream and everything, the opening of the Bumblebee movie that was on Cybertron, that was the best part of the movie. So I'm wondering if there's going to be more scenes like that here. And then, of course, I've heard that, yeah, it does connect to Bumblebee, but also connects to the Bay movies. We'll see what happens, but uh, I'm still going to check it out. Thor's hammer! Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. I think after working with um, George Miller on the Furiosa prequel to uh, Mad Max Fury Road, I think he's probably been like, you know what? Jesus Christ, it's been, a, you know, I've been working on these Marvel movies that are crazy blockbusters in front of green and blue screens and whatever the hell. I forgot what it's like to uh, work with a literal genius because he's been working with Taka Waititi, who's not a fucking genius. Let's face it. I'm not saying that all his movies are bad or anything that he produces is bad. It's not all bad, but the Thor movies are not that great. And Chris Hemsworth spoke with Variety, and this is what he had to say. Chris Hemsworth admits Thor 4 was too silly. Calls Scorsese and Tarantino's Marvel criticism super depressing. I guess they're not a fan of me. I mean, yeah, make it all about yourself, Chris. My God. All right. So obviously talking about this and, uh, and then talking about the forthcoming. He made it to GQ. This is actually a GQ magazine interview right here. That Love and Thunder was too silly for its own good. And quote, he says right here, I think we just had too much fun. It just became too silly. It's always hard being in the center of it and having any real perspective. I love the process. It's always a ride, but you just don't know how people are going to respond. Hemsworth said his biggest critics were his son's friends. It's a bunch of eight-year-olds critiquing my film. We thought this one... Had too much humor. The action was cool, but the VFX weren't so good. And they weren't. I cringe and laugh equally at it. These are eight-year-olds saying this. His kid's friends. Hemsworth has starred in a total of eight Marvel movies. And just because Thor Love and Thunder was too silly doesn't mean he's against doing more. The actor currently is not contracted for any more Marvel movies. He really wants to do some other stuff for a while. And he'll, and, you know, but he'll return, of course, if he you know, wants to. I love the experience. I love the fact that I've been unable to do uh, that have been able to do something fairly different throughout the process. Thor 1 and 2 were their own thing. Thor 3 and 4 were a very different feel. Yeah, no shit. Taka. And even uh, and then even uh, Avengers and um, Lebowski Thor, the Infinity War Thor, due to the different directors, I think mostly my own, my own need to do something different. So he just wanted to, you know, do something different, but... Kind of just talks about that. Marvel had a, a rocky track record as of late. And then, of course, talking about all that. But, uh, you know, I think he's kind of like realizing that, yeah, he probably had fun on the set. But for the most part, he was going, yeah, it's not that great, especially when his kids friends are going. It was way too humorous. That's pretty sad. When you make a movie and you got all beefed up and God knows what you got to get all jacked like that. You know, worked really hard and then just um, basically turned Thor into a parody of Thor. You have eight-year-old kids telling you that it wasn't that great. <laughs> that's, that's fucking fantastic. And then you got the VFX that weren't that great. Oh, man, that's just, that's got to be, that's got to be damaging to the ego. I am looking forward to Extraction 2, though. 
I liked the first Extraction movie. It was just like a, you know, your basic, like almost like a 90s action film. And Extraction 2 looks pretty great. Idris Elba is going to be in it. It's coming out this Friday, I believe. So I am looking forward to that. And I'm glad that Hemsworth is not, you know, he's done other things, which is great. He hasn't just done Thor, but he's best known, of course, for Thor. But man. That had to be a little bit damaging to the ego when kids were saying that your movie had too much humor and the VFX weren't that great. Oh, that just kind of shows you right there. You know, don't if you're going to make another Thor movie, don't bring back Taka Watiti. That's all. Just don't do that. Don't bring him back. Don't need him. He's over in Star Wars land. God knows if that movie's going to get made. But yeah, over in Star Wars land. Just kind of funny. Good luck, Taka. Good luck. All right. Can I not post it on there? Let's go to questions. Yep, forgot to post it on YouTube. My bad. My bad. All right. All right, let's go ahead and uh, let's go to questions on the Twitter sphere. If my Chrome will actually work. Tell you. There we go. Jeez. It's always a little delay, always a little delay. All right, let's see what's going on when it comes to not too many questions. So let's go ahead and check out the questions on Twitter. All right, we got right here. We got Brad. Now that the, now that SAG is very likely to strike, do you think the DGA will join in? And how long do you think it could last for? I don't know. I don't think the DGA needs to join in. It's not not what they're trying to do. Also, from the Rebel Moon piece today, I'm not not fully clear. Did Zach cut Rebel Moon into two parts that are two hours each, or will they both be longer? I don't think they... I don't know. That is kind of interesting. That is kind of interesting. I don't think they'll be... You know, they might be shorter than usual, but, you know, I guess we'll find out. I guess we'll find out. It's going to be interesting. Eric, hey Dave, when you said Monday you were going to go to Ontario to see The Flash, my initial reaction was, geez, he's going to go all the way to Canada to watch it. No. (laughs) I even said that I'm going to go see it in Ontario, and I said it's 20 minutes that way. 20 minutes that way. Uh, Then tonight you said it's a short drive away. Yeah. Guess uh, that really proves I've never been to California. Yeah, Ontario. Good old Ontario, California. There's a lot of Ontarios everywhere. I will say that. Clement, do you think Sasha Kaya will stay as a Supergirl? Uh, you know, I guess it depends. A lot of people are really trying to say that, especially in the reviews. I saw people say that in the reviews that they hope, after seeing her in the Flash movie, that yes, they hope that she stays. Devon Wooter, Dave, there's something wrong with the Rotten Tomatoes. They're giving films like Transformers 7, I can't believe it's 7, and The Flash, the highs and the lows. They really need to, uh, to fix that. And it is funny that the reviews of The Flash is hating Ezra Miller, but they don't do that with other actors. Eh, I think they've done that with other actors. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's just the way it's going to happen, sadly. Sadly, it's going to be the case. Cooper Knox, what are the odds on Marvel doing a course correction for Thor after the abysmal reception for Love and Thunder? I mean, again, when we went from Ragnarok to Infinity War, that was a nice little jump because I thought the, I thought the Russo brothers handled Thor way better than Taka, for sure. So you just need a, a different director. Different director. That's all. Different director. Dan, Baz, some of these negative reviews are crazy. It seems like some of these people went into the movie not going to like it because Ezra and gave it a bad review. That's pretty much what was happening, yeah. I, I, I don't understand that. I don't understand that. But it's 2023, and everybody has to put their emotions out there like that. Ronnie, since aliens are real, which movie are you showing them? I'm going to show them BVS. <laughs> be like, hey. Better be careful. There might be a Batman out there that might want to kick your ass. And then we got Darkness Under the Wind. Dave, question number one. Do you see the Decepticons finding out that the Autobots are hiding on Earth after defending Unicron? Could be some kind of story like that. I know Unicron's, you know, obviously going to make a presence in there. We already had Unicron with the Bay movies, but a lot of people didn't like that. 
Uh, question number two, do you think we will get solo spinoff projects of some characters we see in Rebel Moon? That's what I heard. I mean, I'm pretty sure that that was going to be the case when it come to when it came to Rebel Moon. We're gonna get we're gonna get books. We're gonna get maybe comic books. We're gonna get spinoff, maybe series. We're gonna get a RPG video game. I don't know. It's gonna be a lot of things that are gonna be happening when it comes to that. So, I don't know. I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. But uh, you know, we'll see how much they expand this franchise. I hope they give uh, Zach as much as they can. You know, because. Let's face it, you know, when it comes to when it comes to fans still trying to, uh, you know, I mean, as much as it, yes, I, I, I want Justice League two and three as well. But at the same time, I'm liking what I'm seeing with Rebel Moon. I want him to work on this and then the army universe as much as possible because he's got freedom. He's got freedom. The fact that they're giving him director's cuts, they're giving him director's cuts for both Rebel Moon part one and part two. OK, they're they're, they're like, hey. He's collaborating, going like, hey, we want, you know, we want some more family, not family, well, yeah, family friendly, even though they're PG-13. We want that and shorter cuts, but then we'll give you the option to have the longer cuts. I love the fact that Netflix has given them all that. Um, but, man, I mean, I tell you, you still see the people that are just thinking that, you know, something, I don't know. As of right now, I'm just like, I'm just happy for Zach, happy for Debbie. They're having fun. They're building these universes. And Zach even, of course, uh, tweeted out the Vanity Fair article, and it's all just looking great. Well, no, he did. I mean, obviously, yes, Warner Brothers did give him director's cuts. Uh, well, you know, we had a fight for that that recent one. They gave him the director's cuts, of course, for BBS, which was great. And apparently, according to him, that was like most of the revenue. But I'm just saying that right off the bat that they're just saying that we didn't get that right off the bat when it came to when it came to BVS, we found out later that, oh, there's actually a longer cut. But right off the bat with this Vanity Fair article, before the movie comes out in December, we already know that there's going to be Snyder cuts of both the parts. That's what I was getting at. I was, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. I'm going to spoil the flash for you. I'm just kidding. Um, no, but that's cool. That's all I'm just kind of saying right there. But, uh, yeah, guys, that's pretty much it for this Tuesday version. Like I said, we're not going to have a stream tomorrow. So, members, uh, we're going to do our members-only We're gonna do our members only stream tonight. So, if you want to be part of it, pick my brain a little bit more. Become a member, and we'll do that. And, members, of course, look forward to the, uh, the link on your, on your YouTube feed. And we'll talk a little bit more. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it, guys. Smash that like, thumbs up. Do all that. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. If you want to uh, share the stream, do so. Please share the stream. Share the videos, the clips, all that stuff. It always helps. It helps out a lot. And I appreciate you guys doing that. And, uh, like I said, follow me and all the sock meds out there. If you want to support the channel on Patreon as well, try to give some more stuff on there, as, you know, when I hear things and then of course do some exclusive things on there but uh, yeah guys so hopefully like I said tomorrow if I everything goes well I'll have my first reaction for the flash up on the channel probably late at night so because you know it's a seven o'clock showing so gotta wait for it a little bit but anyways guys all right members I'll see you guys in a little bit if you want to be part of that become a member and then everybody else I'll uh well you know we've got the vodka stream Friday so that's that'll be the next time I see you all right guys love you talk to you later <laughs>